Listen, this is strictly nowhere. You got a lot of sick, old-fashioned ideas about working hard and living clean, and it's all a lot of junk. I'm too tired to listen. Just wait a minute. We got a job for you every morning on our station. I don't want no job. Why not? It's too much, too much like work, man. So, uh, you guys are my new co-workers. So, working hard or hardly working? <laughs> I said, working hard or hardly working? Working hard or hardly working? Working hard or hardly working? That's a simple question! Are you A, working hard, or B, show? <laughs> I guess I just met the Joker of the group. Better watch out for you on April Fool's, am I right? I said, am I right? Am I Let him have it, Let him have it, Let him have it, you're listening to Aerial View on WFMU Detroit and worldwide on the internet at WFMU.org. This is a $100 We pulled out all the stuff for your Friday night frolickings. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice on the tape, and it really put the hook in me. I've heard cast many, many times on both the light program and the home service. But nice to stay in New Jersey, and I don't care who you are. Chris, you get out of this. Let's talk. I'm sick of talking. You get out I know how to talk to people. I've got this man go on the air deliver a coded message. You're out of your mind. I'm not out of my mind. Oh, come on. Now, we're going to listen to what he said on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, is talk show time against a man's life. I don't see that as any other I don't see you really upset about this. Hello. Something to live for. You think Show the man your power, big. Blast 
Don't we all wish we could do that or some variation on that? Don't we all wish we could be Steven Slater for a day? If you haven't heard the story of Steven Slater, what have you been under a rock? Hey, it's me, Chris T. Aerial View 2. This time it's personal. Back on the air here on WFMU, East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, and WFMU.org. This just in. I've always wanted to say that. This just in. They have posted video. I mean, when I say this, Justin, I mean like a minute ago. Video surfaced on the internet of Steven Slater jumping out of the side of that JetBlue aircraft at Kennedy Airport and sliding down that slide to fame. You know how they said the Ruddles rode the go-kart to fame? Steven Slater rode the slide to fame. Although it's, uh, it's, it's not really fame, it's infamy, which is uh, a different thing entirely. You put in in front of fame, and but it doesn't matter anymore. In this country, infamy, being infamous is just as good, just as valid as being famous. So there's really no infamy anymore. You can't be infamous But uh, there are cracks appearing in the Steven Slater story, and I'll review it quickly if you don't know what it is. And if you don't know what it is, again, you've been under a rock. 
Flight attendant Steven Slater on a flight from Pittsburgh to New York City flips his wig. Basically, he's had enough. He reached the boiling point and he decided, screw you and screw you and especially screw you, lady. Because supposedly he got hit in the head by a piece of luggage or by the overhead bin door and it was it was the camel that broke his straw back as a friend of mine used to say 201-209-9368 201-209-WFMU so what did he do? well he lost it in public which is is never a good idea to have a public meltdown There's always somebody watching. There's always somebody going to be like, yeah, what's, what's, wow, what's the matter with him? Wow. Have you ever seen someone have a public meltdown? Have you ever been around when someone has a very public meltdown and they start yelling and screaming? And... First of all, they, they've done all these studies that show that when people are yelling and screaming at you, that your brain shuts down. The part of your brain that's logical and can process information shuts down and you just go into this reptilian brain thing and you just fight or flight the cortisone starts pumping the adrenaline starts pumping whatever the hell it is maybe it's root beer that starts pumping in you I have no idea but so when people are yelling but the, the public meltdown nowadays of course is going to be recorded somehow everybody's got a phone with not only a camera in it but video I mean I, I got high definition video on my phone. If you melt down in public, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to point my phone at you. Plus, I just discovered this application that allows me to stream video live all over the interweb. So, not only can I shoot you melting down, but I can instantly put it up on the internet for all to see. Now, you may argue this is a bad thing, that this something we've lost, but come on. If you're melting down in public, what do you, what do you expect? What do you expect is going to happen? So this is Stephen Slater melting down in public. And because, you know, when you're on, a, uh, you're on a plane, you can't have your phone on until they tell you you can turn your phone on. And apparently this whole meltdown uh, happened before that moment when they say, hey, you can uh, not use your cellular telephone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are now permitted to use cellular telephones. Thank you. And by the way, screw you, mother efforts. So apparently what happened is uh, Steven Slater lost it. Uh, but he lost it with style because everybody loves that he grabbed two beers. Initially I heard a beer, but it's, it was two beers. And he slid down. He deployed the emergency slide. That's what he did. He deployed the emergency slide, which is the thing that's got, gotten him into a lot of trouble. See, this is the part that got him in a lot. It's also the part that makes his meltdown and his very public quitting so spectacular that he deployed the emergency slide and he said and he bragged to somebody on the tram I've always wanted to do that and the JetBlue people being so inept or maybe the flight crew was protecting this guy who knows but they took 25 minutes to report this thing to the Port Authority police and in that 25 minutes, of course, Steven Slater is long gone. They find him later on at his apartment in Rockaway Beach with his lover. I love when it says in the paper, his lover. 
They found him with his lover. His boyfriend. So the cracks are starting to appear in this story. I, let me just finish the story. Okay, so the, what, what happens next is they arrest him. All right, they arrest him. They take him down to central booking, wherever the hell that is. It's got to be in the center. And uh, he's smiling the whole time. Every shot of this guy, he's in the same goofy outfit with the shorts and the T-shirt. And he's smiling. A be- he's beaming. He's like so happy. He is so happy that he finally told somebody to shove it. And he's become an instant folk hero. Of course, people started twittering about it right away and folks all over Facebook on this thing. He has a Facebook page as well. And and I started thinking about times I've quit a job in spectacular fashion. And I, I, there is one time in particular I'm thinking of that was, I thought, pretty inspired. I hated this job. But first, there, there are cracks appearing in the Steven Slater story. Uh, as more and more information comes out, they're finding they, they can, well, they're not finding. They can't find anybody to confirm his, his version of events. They've interviewed 40 passengers who were on the plane from Pittsburgh, and none of them report seeing an altercation with, with anybody else between, uh, between Steven Slater and anybody else. None of them know what exactly he's referring to. Because he says that some woman was very rude to him. First I read that when they, they left Pittsburgh, the woman was rude to them, and then I'm reading that when they landed JFK, the woman was... I, apparently it was a whole 48-minute rude flight. So, Steven Slater is, he's, he's like a time bomb. He's a ticking time bomb, what you call tick, 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 tick. No one's going to speak to me that way. How dare they speak to me that way? You'll see. I'll show you. <laughs> you mother effers, you don't know what you've got <laughs> He's melting down, very public meltdown that no one can record because no one can use their stupid cell phone. So he loses it, very public, publicly loses it. But now we're finding out that the stuff that he claims happened, it, it may not have happened. He may have just, for whatever reason, decided today's the day. All I need is someone to push me just a little bit. You know, women, you may not relate to this, the ladies that are listening. But there are times in a guy's life when he kind of goes out wishing somebody would pick a fight with him because he just wants to punch somebody. I'm not saying... I, I feel that way any longer. There were times, like in my 20s, I just, just, I just let the wrong person say the wrong thing to me. <laughs> Maybe I, I, I'm painting everybody with the same brush. Maybe you ladies know exactly what I mean. Maybe yours is like, wait until, just wait. Until someone says the wrong word to me, I'm going to insult their shoes. 201-209-9368. 201-209-WFMU. Hello, you're on the air. Uh, let me try this one. Hello? Where the hell are you? There you go. I thought I picked up the right one the first time. What were you doing? Hello, who, who's on the air with us here? Hello, who's on the air with us here? Say your name. 
It's not that one. It's definitely this one. I heard somebody. I know I heard somebody. I'm here. I'm on the line. Well, okay. I've been talking to you for five minutes, Rick. No, you've been talking to me for no minutes. I just heard you for a second. Oh. Communication. What is going on here, man? What the hell? Are you on a cell phone? I'm on AT&T. Oh, iPhone mania. You're not doing the death grip on your iPhone, are you? Nah, I haven't, I haven't got the death grip yet. I haven't related to that. I'm still working on it with a sensei. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you were able to get through anyway, Rick. Well, I'm glad thanks, to be here, Chris. Thanks for uh, through making the call. We're, uh, I was asking people about times they quit their job in a spectacular fashion. I know I have. I know when I was young, I, I did quit a job in a what I thought was a spectacular fashion, and I know there are other people out there who have done the same. There are people wishing they could. There's this website called PleaseFireMe.com where people go and, and post stories about their horrible coworkers and their horrible work situations and ask, please fire me, because no one can afford to lose a job right now. Who knows how Steven Slater can afford to lose a job? But please, I beg you, Hollywood, do not give this man a reality show. Please. Oh, sure. We, he could just go to different businesses and help them, you know, come up with creative ways to quit. He could bring cakes they could jump out of, you know, flamethrowers, all the standard props. I could see it now, something called Slater's Slide, you know, where it's a game show. It involves an inflatable slide somehow and telling off your boss. I haven't figured what? out how to connect those two just yet, but I'm just the idea guy. So someone else can do the mechanics. I think they need to rename the exit slide after him anyway. Later, <laughs> from now on. Uh, hey, could, that's that's what will happen. They'll be on the plane saying, um, "Can someone make sure the Slater is in place?" Thank you. Two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight two zero one two zero nine WFMU. Now, Rick, have you ever quit a job in spectacular fashion? I quit a job in spectacular fashion, and every time I think of it, it's almost twenty years later. Um, I smile and I have a little piece of glee in my in my moment. Yes, I did. I was a young reporter in the Southwest working for a newspaper, and I had a particularly troubling managing editor for a, a period of time that ended with me leaving spectacularly. I'll tell you a little bit of backstory first. This was an editor. We had found out there was a man who was electrocuting baby ducklings and then stuffing them for Easter baskets. Dear God, not- what? He was doing he was what? Electrocuting baby ducklings and stuffing them for Easter baskets, and, and, and then man- selling them to unsuspecting kids and whatnot. I, yeah, I think he was selling them to people who didn't think about where it came from. Maybe they thought the ducklings died of natural causes and just fell into the Easter basket. I'm not sure. What did they but know? They were would not let us write the story because I wonder. It was not I wonder why to yeah. the man who was electrocuting baby ducklings and stuffing them into Easter baskets. Who would not let you write the story? The uh, the, the man, editor, man, the managing, managing editor. editor. Yeah, this is the, this is the backstory on the the event that gave me so much uh, glee twenty years later. So what happened? He he told you basically, uh, no, I, we're not uh, we're not going to reveal this. We're not writing we're not writing about this. Yeah, this this was one thing leading up to the final confrontation, which came months later. Um, I ri- I tried to write a story about the baby ducklings. And with the lead that said, picture, if you will, the dark side of Easter. And he killed that story because it was unfair to people who electrocute baby ducklings. <laughs> what a great lead-in. I like that, though. Picture, if you so, will, the dark side of Easter. <laughs> so 
roughly seven or eight months later, um, I got a scoop. This was a serious story, more serious than a duckling at any rate. And I was at least two days ahead of the competing newspaper. Ooh, that's good. We were at. I'd been given a file by a uh, police a police officer that gave me some great background on a story that was making headlines across the community where we were. Dare I ask what the story I, was? What's that? Dare I ask what the story was? It was it was a sad story involving a, uh, a teacher who was molesting students. <gasps> Ooh, it, uh, it is this just this, the, what what, this what was, kind of town did you live in where people are torturing baby chicks and molesting children? What? Have I don't ever, ever want to go ever, there. Have you ever lived in a city where it gets over 115 degrees on a regular basis? Hell no, I wouldn't do that. That's crazy <laughs> talk. Ducklings you, aren't safe. Yeah, and, you know, it sounds like nobody's either, safe. Neither were these students or this guy. Wow, this is horrifying. So you knew at, about at this? Rate, group. Oh, wait I knew a minute. About you... this, this prior case involving this this person, and I could have been ahead of the week. Our newspaper could have beaten the competition. And but this same managing editor told us no, because charges had not been filed in the earlier case. We could not run with a story, despite the fact that we had a police report, despite the fact that this man was already being charged with new crimes in a new place after being let go in this earlier case. He would not let us do it. He said that we were we couldn't do it because charges were not filed. So two days later, it was on the front page of one of the competing newspapers, and it was the metro section lead of the biggest newspaper in the state. So have, knowing who this managing editor was and knowing that I was reckless and hot-headed and 27 years old, I took those two papers, the front page of the competing paper, the metro section of the biggest paper in the state, and I took a roll of tape, and I taped them to the managing editor's office window looking in at him. In front of the newsroom. What a great idea. It was a wonderful career move in 1991 with a recession closing newspapers all over the place, let me tell you. Wow. So uh, what he, happened? He, he came out and tore them down, wadded them up, and threw them on the ground and said, he said, we're not going to be the judge and jury here. And I said, we're not going to tell the whole news story either. And we stared at each other and stomped around in front of everybody, and that was it for a while. And two weeks later, he he couldn't fire me on the spot because, you know, he didn't want to look like he'd been caught with his pants down. The other newspapers had run with a story that was important of the day that we could have beat them on. He couldn't fire me on the spot, but two weeks later, he came up with a, a little thing about what time I'd come in in the morning and what time I'd left in the afternoon, and the conversation went downhill. From there, I told him he ran his newspaper like a wussy. You did and not. No, you didn't. Really? Wow, Absolutely. you really didn't want to work there anymore, did you? Well, I was feeling, you know, I was feeling like a young reporter who was angry. And uh, I was feeling a little bit of righteous indignation, which all of us should feel when we're 27 years old. Uh, well, that's about the only time you can feel it, you know. Well, when you, don't, when you don't have a house payment or a car payment or, you know, kids. Right, you know, right. And you don't think you need health insurance, those are really good times to pull that kind of mm. To pull a Steven Slater, as we say, now. Is that what they're calling it? I guess they would. Yes, pull the Stevens well, later. That's what I'm calling it. So, so uh, he 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 trumped up some charges to get rid of you. Basically, is what happened. Well, it, that's how it started, and the conversation did not go well from that point on. Um, I told him a lot about what I thought about him. I uh, security guard stood over me while I packed up my desk before I was uh, could. Before I got locked out of the computer system, I sent a global message that said, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. 
then I walked outside with my box, and I never worked there again. Wait a minute, a, you 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 got away with that? If that was now, I didn't get away with that. I walked. I, I was fired. I left. I was well, I mean, gone. they but uh, they they would have arrested you for making some kind of terroristic threat or something. I mean, no, if they, that's if you, just quoting a classic movie. Uh, not in that context. A, a lawyer could have argued that in that context, it was a threat that you were threatening to burn the place down or some damn thing. Uh, well, I mean, I'm under, uh, lots of stuff, Chris. Yeah, Rick, I'm telling you, Remember, that's. Uh, I was, I was 27 and young. That's quite the you flame know? out. That was quite the flame out. But there's a, there's a great footnote to it. Do you want to hear the rest? I do want to hear the footnote. Yeah. Um, two months later, the Arizona Press Club held their awards, and. For a story I'd written for this very same paper, I won best news writing in the state, best feature writing in the state. Wow! So are you still? The, are you this still... is the Arizona Press Club, twenty miles from the newsroom. This is pretty good. Managing editor, work. you should be very uh, proud of yourself. Well, yeah. So there's a big, there's a dinner every year. All the news executives from the state come to that dinner. That's um, uh, that's great. I, I went, I went to that dinner, and not a single person from our newspaper, which was a large player in the state. That's uh, some, up. something to be very because, proud of. Now, are you still writing? Because they, because, they, because they knew I was going to be there. They didn't come. Wow. Now, are you still writing, Rick? I'm still writing a little bit here and there. I'm not, I'm not working for newspapers anymore. I spent another 16 years in the business after that at another paper. What, what are you writing nowadays? What are you working on now? What am I working on now? I'm, I'm uh, ghostwriting a corporate history, and I have a pair of novels that are with an agent. I'd like to work up a story on this very sub, a book on this very subject. I'm trying to put together a... a Book proposal about ways to people are flamed out famously at their jobs. You're going to base a book on this very show. I love it. What a I great would, idea! I would, I would love to hear from uh, people. Okay, so how do people get in touch with you? Well, people could uh, find me on Facebook if they look up Rick Polito. P O L I T O. P O L I T O. I'm the one. There's a couple of Rick Politos. I'm the one with the cartoon face. What does that mean in Italian, Polito? By the way. Um. It doesn't mean prudent, as far as I can tell. Well, because I, I love the actor John Polito. You know John Polito? I've, I've, uh, I've seen John Polito, yes. Yeah, he's so good. Oh, he was it, in, has it, something, it has something to do with, with um, clean or neat, I believe. Oh, Polito. Or maybe polite. Maybe it means polite, like you're nice. Polito. No one's ever said that about me, though. Come on, what else could it mean? Right? Polite. You're pol- yeah, darn you're, close. Apparently your people were very polite. That's how you, that's how you got your last name. Yeah, that's so, it. But I'll, I'll tell you that that every time I think about you know that day taping those uh, newspaper pages to his office, especially someone who thought he was as tough and manly as he was, um, it you still f- makes me smile. Do you feel a sense of pride? That's good. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, so, everybody so, should get to do it once. Everybody should let their Stephen Slater out to run. I, I would love to hear from more Stephen Slaters tonight because I'm sure there's more of you out there who have walked off the job in spectacular fashion. I'm sure it hasn't happened. Recently, because who who can afford to quit a job nowadays? Good question. Uh, except for Steven Slater. But if you have flamed out in spectacular fashion, if you've walked off the job, thanks, Rick, for the call. I appreciate it. If you've walked off the job uh, in spectacular fashion, I'd like to hear from you. 201-209-9368, 201-209-WFMU. And uh, go find Rick Polito on Facebook. He would love to hear from you for a book that he's putting together on this very subject. There's been a lot of interest in this subject since this happened because the national mood being what it is, people are stressed out at work. You know what's going on. I mean, they keep saying that the, there's no jobs and they 
They're, we're not creating jobs. What's really happened is that a, a lot of corporations have used the, the the economic crisis as an excuse to to let go of people and give their duties to another worker uh, to essentially pile more and more work on people and get more productivity out of people. You could say a lot of things about America. You can say we are the most obese nation, and that's true. You can accuse us of all kinds of things. But you know what else we're number one at? It's productivity per worker. We have the most productive workers in the world. And what that means is they get the least amount of time off, and they work the most hours. And we have this uh, what you call Puritan work ethic here, which means... We don't believe in vacation. Do you ever meet somebody who brags about never taking a vacation? I want to punch that person in the face. That's how I feel about that. I, I think that that would be the proper response. Although I, I don't want to be up on assault charges, so I would never actually do it. I would just think it. I wouldn't actually punch them in the face. The, the, the people who brag, I, I, I haven't had a vacation in uh, 25 years. I don't go on vacation. Shut up. You know, I get to, I get 10 days of vacation a year. 10 friggin' days of vacation a year. Not even two weeks. It's not even 14 days. It's 10 days. 201-209-9368. 201-209-WFMU. Hello. Welcome to the air. Yeah, hi, Chris T. It's Chris G. Hey, Chris G. It's Chris T. Hey. You know, uh, polito might come from the, the Greek word poly for people, by the way. Oh, what do you know? I'm Greek. I should have known that. That's in politics. I'm also Italian. Hey, there you go. Uh, wow. Well, he's Rick Polito, and the actor is John Polito, the great John Polito, who was, of course, in uh, Miller's Crossing, as I mentioned. He was also a uh, big part of Barton Fink, if memory serves. Oh, yeah. He was in a little bit, a little cameo in Hudsucker Proxy. He's he's one of those guys that works with the Coen Brothers a lot. But uh, great scene, by the way. The, my favorite scene in the Big Lebowski. He's the uh, the guy following <laughs> following Jeff Bridges around in the blue Volkswagen. Oh yeah. Uh, John Polito, 888-876-2336. I bet he, that guy's quit a job in spectacular fashion. Now, what about you, Chris G? Okay. About, you know, it's a summer camp story, actually. It happened, like, almost 30 years ago. Um, you you were working at a summer camp? Yeah, yeah. I was a counselor. And, Don't uh, tell me you counselor? stabbed all the uh, fellow campers <laughs> no, and buried them in the lake. Don't tell me that. Nothing that gruesome. Oh, it okay. Camp Crystal. It was on Crystal Lake, by the way. It was? It, was it, it wasn't Camp Crystal Lake, but the lake was Crystal Lake. The lake was Crystal Lake. Okay, but you know, the, the, you're referring to the Friday the 13th film, exactly. are you not? Do you know that that was filmed in New Jersey up near Alpine? There's a Boy Scout camp up there on 9W. I know it and, well. And that's where they filmed that, believe it or not. I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, yeah. I've been to Alpine many times. <laughs> so tell me what happened at summer camp at Camp Crystal. Uh, yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a uh, it was a uh, ten mile river actually. Um, what happened was the boys, you know, the guys that I worked with uh, in different camps, they would usually do everything they could to get their hands on liquor, you know, so we could have a party and we would like go down to like one spot or another that was more or less abandoned and have a big party, you know, basically. And there was a big drinking party one night, and the thing was the camp uh, directors and the rangers all got together to bust the party, and. Um, I got invited to the party, but I had to go pick up a friend of mine at the, at the bus station who was coming in that night. So I was in a car, and I couldn't go. 
But what happened was, like, when we were driving down to uh, the bus station, we stopped at the end of the road, and we saw this huge caravan go by with all the people who had just gotten arrested. You know, they were all in these trucks, and they were being taken off to uh, be fired, basically. So the next morning, I get called into, uh, I get called in front of uh, my camp director and the guy who was the reservation director, and there's this camp ranger there, and he points at me, and he goes, yeah, I saw him in the car. And I was like, oh. What was I doing? They thought that I was at the party. They thought you were at the party. Okay. And what happened was, uh, I'm being questioned by the you know, two of the guys and whatever, and they're like, "Okay, you go stand over there for a while, and um, just, like we're going to talk this out." And I was feeling really righteously indignant, so I basically just dropped down in front of these guys on all fours, and I started pulling thistles out of the ground with my teeth and mooing like a cow. And uh, my camp director, you know, he kind of was used to this kind of behavior from me, so he kind of laughed it off. And he's just like, look, go to breakfast. Go in the dining hall, eat your breakfast, get out of here. I don't want to look at you anymore. So I went into, I went over to the dining hall. Wait a minute. You dropped down on all fours and you started pus- pulling thistles out of the ground with your with teeth and mooing my- like mm-hmm. a cow. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah. you, uh, did you have a total break with reality? What, what, what happened? No, I found it amusing. I just oh. thought it was just like, you know, these people are going to give me this. So I'm going to give them something to entertain them. And so I go over to the dining hall, and I slam the doors open. And every kid in the dining hall eating breakfast looks up at me, and he's just like, they're all expecting. So I scream, and they all scream back. And I was like, this is cool. So I go running across the room, and I jump up on the staff table. And I scream to the right. And all the kids on the right scream. I scream to the left, you know, and so on and so on and back and forth. And it was really fun. So and you're I, doing a little call and response with the campers. Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite memory was, like, one of the guys I worked with, he just, like, he just like calmly takes his oatmeal away from me so I could go storming down the table. You know, he just moves it out of the way so I don't mess his breakfast up. Boy, you remember every moment of this. You've been running this over and over in your mind. <laughs> nah, nah, it was, just, a, it was a fun time. It was fun. So what happened next? Next happens is that the camp, uh, I mean, the, uh, the director walks in, looks at me, and just goes, mouths to me, you're fired. And he waves his finger in the air. And I went, cool. And I just jumped down off the table, sat down, and then, you know, commenced to eat breakfast. And Wait a minute. He didn't let you stick around after he fired you. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's crazy talk. I mean, well, you know what happened in, the, in Connecticut recently with that guy that ran amok at the beer distributorship? They, they called him in to fire him. I mean, who does such a thing? Who tells somebody, I'm not playing blame the victim here. Believe me, I, I don't engage in blame the victim. But isn't that a, a bad idea to say to somebody, hey, come in tomorrow because uh, we got some talking to do about your future here? I mean, you don't do that, do you? Well, I got fired one time on Monday when they could have told me on a Friday. Well, I suppose I they could have. No, so there's a caveat to this. Oh, I want to hear the caveat. I had a, uh, I had a Chevy caveat years ago. It was a piece of crap. So what happens is, like, I finish my breakfast, and then after breakfast is over, everyone comes running up to me, and they're like, what happened, what happened, what happened? And I told them, you know, I just got fired for, you know, this thing I had nothing to do with. I think it's ridiculous. And you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Yeah. No, so I, I just, I looked down at my scout uniform, and I was disgusted. So I pulled the uniform off, and I did a strip tease, and I threw all my uniform up into the rafters of this building. So now you're reenacting the final uh, the scenes of Slapshot, the film Slapshot. Well, it I mean, what favorite, favorite movie of mine? How long did they let you go on like this? When did they escort you from the property? No, it gets even better than that. Oh come what, on! I, I marched back to my tent naked, 
and then got dressed in my regular civilian clothes, and I was ready to go. How old were these kids at this camp? Uh, anywhere from like 10 to 18 or 17 or something like that. It was so a Boy Scout. It was like troops of kids. But but they're walking around naked. Yeah, <laughs> but... Oh, know. my God. I would have thrown a net over you. I swear to God I would have gotten a novelty net and two guys in white suits with white caps. It gets even better. Oh, please tell me there's a straitjacket involved. <laughs> no. What happened was earlier in the summer, I had almost gotten fired for having dope and drink in my tent. And oh, I please. Director. How else are you going to get through camp? Come on. No, so what happened was since I was fired, I went to the director's office and said, can I have my pot and my drinks back? You and didn't. gave them to me. You're, you're a mental case. It's official. You're it a is. mental it's case. Official. It's official. But you so, know what's even more fun? No, what's that? After a 24-hour period of just going off and having fun, I was told that, oh, you weren't fired, you resigned, and you're allowed to, uh, you know, withdraw your resignation. Oh, man, this camp was desperate for people. They hired back a maniac. No, they actually, I was very popular with uh, the staff, and I was very well, popular. Well, maniacs are often popular. Yeah, I know, but it was fun, and I spent the rest of the summer working there. I'm, I, I'm, it, listen, I don't have children, I don't have to worry about this, but anyone listening with kids, do not send your kids to a camp called Crystal Lake. There's maniacs. They, they gladly employ maniacs there. Don't do it. I don't care how cheap it is. Oh, hand to God, Chris. Chris, that's a horrifying story on so many levels. Uh, it's like, uh, I can't count them. 201-209-9368. Hello, welcome to the air. Hello. You're on the air. <laughs> hey, Chris. What? So you're a maniac too? Um. Uh, it says maybe, it's not maybe a... years ago. Not so much these days. Okay. What What did you want to add to the program, friend? I have a good story about uh, quitting a job. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, listen, you have to tell it quickly, though. Other people are calling. Uh, oh, All right. Okay. Fine. I'll be All right. Okay. Uh, Go. So. This would have been uh, 25 years ago. Faster. I was living in a college town. Speed it up. But I was working Don't at... need all those details. Just tell us what happened the day you quit. The d- well, well th- there's a little bit of bra- background. Uh, it's quick. I'll make it quick. All right. Jeez. All right. So uh, I was working at a pizza place. I was a delivery guy um, at a national chain that uh, is not really fond of abortions. Uh, and uh, it, uh, it, is that it, pizza slut? I want to start a chain called Pizza Slut, where topless women serve you pizza. If the pizza is good, think? I'll go there. All right. Um, so, and by the way, we're all for abortion at Pizza Slut. That would be our slogan. <laughs> That's no shock. So uh, we're all for uh, it. Uh, 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 there was a. Uh, 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 I oh my God! Said I have tickets to see the Violent Femmes in concert. Oh, the Violent Femmes are now part of the story. Okay, what happened the day you quit? Well, the, this is this is crucial to the story. Ugh. Because it uh, at the time I asked the manager, it was actually a privately owned uh, uh, franchise. And then uh, between, and this is, we're talking about a three-week uh, period here. Between the time that I told him, and the manager stayed the same, it was the same manager, uh, the, the uh, uh, privately owned franchise owners sold it back to the company uh, literally just a few days before the show, which was a Friday. Uh, and I started, I, I, had, uh, I had the choice 
slot of uh, Friday afternoons through like uh, Friday evening at like eight or nine, I could leave, uh, which was our our deal. And uh, I got the okay for the uh, the concert on the Friday night. And then it came, uh, and, and like I said, they sold the franchise, and we got hit on a Friday night. Okay. And they. Uh, and uh, it was it was crazy because uh, it had just changed hands, and there. Oh were my God! Please, the... really, get to the day where you quit. I am. I'm, t- I'm telling is, you, this is the ki- day. You're this padding is the this thing. Corporate owned it. Okay. And corporate was in because the owners were gone. The original owners were gone. This this had just happened. Yes. And uh, 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 and it came about at six thirty. I said, I, I would like to thank the mother ever. These runs. Oh, I'm doing the story, man. Okay. Okay. Go. I'm doing it, uh, 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 and I and I said, all right, but I gotta go soon. They said, okay, just take these last couple runs. I said, okay, so I took them and I came back, and uh, they said, well, uh, here you go. I said, no, I gotta go. I got these tickets, and they said, uh, well, you can't go. I said, all right, we'll buy my tickets back, and they said, well, no, you gotta work. I said, well, then buy my tickets, and they said no, and I said, well, then I quit, and. Uh, 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 long story short, I was living in a college town, but working in suburbs 30 minutes away because tips were way better. And I had so much money stockpiled that I quit the job that night, had the greatest summer of my life living in this college town where expenses were nothing. And uh, come the fall, uh, someone else had bought the franchise, and I went back and got my job back. And... Uh, it really couldn't have been any better. Oh, that's uh And and the Violent Femmes Yeah. They, are they... to thank for it. It was a fine concert. Oh. I I wouldn't go to see it again at this point in time. Oh but, no, uh, okay. Oh. But uh the uh the majesty of the quitting <laughs> What's your name? Otis Ball. Otis. This is Otis? This is Otis. Yeah, oh man, Otis, you were at my wedding. Gosh! <laughs> oh my I God. goodness gracious! Your wedding. You did. You uh, you were entertained at the at our wedding and uh, did a beautiful job. And now I feel uh, so chagrined. I've been giving you a hard time, Otis. I'm sorry. That's Let me right. apologize. No, I love this story. Okay. There's more details, and uh, uh, next time I see you. Uh, all right. Next time <laughs> I see you, I want to hear the rest of it. Thanks. But you know, I, one of the, my favorite things about this story is that. You know, it has created this folk hero thing. This folk hero thing is going on. There are ballads being written about Steven Slater. There are animated, they're putting together animated videos and putting them on YouTube. I should, I should write a song about this incident. You should write a song about that incident. Maybe it's a great now incident. I will. 25 years after the, after the actual incident, you are spurring me to think that there may very well be an indie rock hit song here. If, if you, anyone could do it, you could. Get to it. But, you know, my, my, what I'm really happy about is, thanks, Otis, for the call, is the return of the cut-in record. If anyone remembers what cut-in records, they sometimes call them drop-in records. Dickie Goodman did them back in the 50s with his partner Buchanan. Flying Saucers. Uh, M- Mr. Jaws is one that people remember because it actually was a hit. Well, Flying Saucers was a hit, too, but they would take news stories of the day and they would cut in records uh and and apparently somebody called goody dickman has created a cut-in record because of this incident slater's slide is what it's called 
We interrupt this record to bring you news of an incident at Kennedy Airport in New York. We go now live to our action reporter on the scene, John Cameron Cameron. This is John Cameron Cameron. I'm here at the Rockaway Beach apartment of Mr. Stephen Slater, who quit his flight attendant job in spectacular fashion after being abused by a passenger. Mr. Slater, why did you deploy the emergency slide to leave the airplane? Did you say anything as you were going out the aircraft door? Take this job and shove it. What about the passenger who cursed you and hit you with her luggage? What are your feelings about her? Look at that stupid girl. Mr. Slater, how did you get back to your apartment so quickly? What did you say to your fellow flight attendants after the passenger Susie hit you in the head with luggage? Mr. Slater, I can see your head is still bruised. Are you still suffering from your injury? said air travel is no longer what it used to be. How would you describe the way it was? It is reported you took two beers before you left the airplane. Why? Daddy wants a cold beer. Mr. Slater, we hear you've been banned from certain forms of travel. Which ones? Mr. Slater, you were released from prison after posting bail. What were your thoughts on getting out of jail? Mr. Slater, what will you say once you find a new job? I can't quit you, babe. Take this job and shove it. Oh, that's the song you kept hearing about all week long. Hey, there's a cut-in record for you. Slater's Slide from Goody Dickman. (laughs) Hello, welcome to the air. Hey, are we... I'm a little late on this show, but are we sharing stories about walking out on jobs? Oh, we absolutely are. But I have to say one thing about the song that's playing right now. Take This Job and Shove It, which was written by David Allen Coe, although people on the internet say actually his brother Tom Coe wrote it. Uh, If you look at the lyrics, the lyrics are about a guy wishing he could quit his job. In the song, he clearly says, I wish I had the guts to say... I'd give the shirt right off of my back. If I had the guts to say So he never actually quits his job. He imagines he quits his job. So you might want to think about that. Those of you who would like to emulate Stephen Slater and walk off your job. But tell us about yours, Crawler. What's your name? My name is Marge. Hey, Marge. Welcome to the program. Hey. Um, Okay, so I am... Pretty young. I'm 23, and I've been around the block and back with retail. Oh my jobs. God, how much do you smoke? Smoke? I don't smoke. You don't smoke? <laughs> well, you got well, you got one of them Patricia Neal voices. I, do I? I sound like a smoker. You got a deep, uh, smoky voice. That sounds oh. like someone is. Are you sure you don't smoke? You don't smoke oh, in I, your sleep, maybe? I've n- <laughs> no, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. All right. Well, then you I'm come pretty, by. You come by it honest, and that's good. Yeah, I, I'm pretty square. But um, so I worked at this one store. I don't know if I could say the name of the store or not over the radio. Um, but basically, it was it was like a higher end store, and I had to wear their clothing from head to toe. Now they were. Can I guess what store it is? About, Can I guess? Is it Saks Fifth Avenue? Uh, not no. <laughs> not quite. It was it was a store called Club Monaco. Club <laughs> Monaco. What the hell? Club Club Monaco. All right. So what happened? Tell us about it. Well, basically, the whole time I worked there, like, the whole three weeks, they were just, like, really, like, homophobic, and, you know, they didn't like the fact that 
you know, I wanted my clothes to be fitted because I'm like 130 pounds. I'm like a skinny guy, you know. So the menswear there was always so big on me and I was swimming in it. So anywho, I was, you know, they were always making comments like, oh, you're too skinny to work here. You're too short to work here. You're too European looking, blah, 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 blah. So anywho, um, I had to get a second job at another retail store. And it was because they were only giving me, like, 10, 15 hours of work a week. And you can't, you know, you can't live off of that. You can't pay bills. No. That. No, absolutely and not. And, like, they were pushing my buttons, like most retail places. Um, anywho, I had a scheduling conflict, and they found that I was working at another store in the mall. So the manager calls my, my phone, and he starts screaming at me and cursing at me. And he basically was just like, you have to be at Club Monaco tomorrow morning or else we can't open the store, blah, blah, blah. You're sneaky. You're a sneak. And I wasn't sneaky at all. I just needed to take on a second job because, you know, I'm 23. I have student loans to pay. I have auto insurance to pay. You know, I just needed the money. I absolutely, so, absolutely understand. Sure. So what happened? So I told him flat out. I said, you know what? I quit. And too bad, you need someone to open tomorrow, I'm not going to be there. Because in order to open that store, the manager has to open it with a sales associate. All the other managers were on vacation, and they couldn't find a sales associate to come in. So basically, they couldn't open the store for like a good like three or four hours, all because of my quitting. Oh, that's, well, that is a little victory. It was a victory. I mean, like, it wasn't as dramatic as the guy that jumped out of the plane. Um, but to me, it's like a small triumph. And I'm, I'm uh, in the process of quitting another retail job right now as we speak. And I'm very inspired to do something a little more dramatic than what I did at Club Monaco. <laughs> wow. So what would you do? Any ideas? Do you have any ideas? Um, not yet. I mean, I part of me wants to do something that's going to, like, you know... Not like screw over the company, but you know, make them think twice about the way that they treat their employees. You know, and I just want them to know that I was the best sales associate at this store that I'm at right now. <laughs> mm. You know, but I. Do you have any ideas? Please give me some advice because, you know, I would I would like to uh, make a good exit. Well, I read about some guy quitting his job. He had a T-shirt printed up that said "I quit" on it, and he put it underneath his like work uniform, and then. At some point, he took off the work uniform, and his shirt said, I quit. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but maybe there's better ideas out there. Who knows? Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 201-209-9368, 201-209-WFMU. You're listening to WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, WFMU.org. This is Chris T. on Aerial View. Martha follows this program. Find me on the web at aerialview.me. You know, the story I was going to tell about my quitting um, – it had to do with this factory, which was actually in my hometown, called Vanguard Industries, believe it or not. And my job there was to make these relays. And uh, relays are devices that shunt electricity. And if you've ever tried to shunt and haven't been able to, you know how painful it could be to not have a relay. So my job was to sit at this machine all day long and assemble these things with this, uh, this, this huge press that involved pressure and using your foot. There was no electricity involved whatsoever. You'd put the thing in the in the press and then you'd put a tab on top of the thing and then you'd clunk down with your foot and it would assemble it and you'd do this over and over again.
for hours and hours and hours on end. And I, and I hated this place. I hated this job. Mainly because of the radio station that they had on there. It was this, this top 40 station. They played the same songs over and over and over and over and over and over again. And nobody uh, worked there who was anywhere near my age. It was all these older women, housewives, and uh, I had nothing in common with them whatsoever. And, and I just despised this job. I despised it. I would find ways all the time not to go in. And eventually I, uh, I, uh, I got myself a tube of vampire blood. And uh, I stuck it up my nose, and I made believe I had a nosebleed. All right, and uh, I, I went into work, and I showed the guy, Mr. C, my boss, that my nose was bleeding. You know, I, I, I had actually been there half the day, and it was a lunch break, and I had gone out for lunch. And when I came back, I, I claimed that I had tripped and and, and I fell, and I, I fell on my nose, and I must have broke my nose. And uh, I was going to need to take some time off. And uh, he, of course, saw right through this, Mr. C. And he said, why don't you take a lot of time off? I don't think you want to work here. And uh, I, that was that. He let me go, though. See, I got fired. At least I didn't. It wasn't like I quit. I got that unemployment. See, that's the important thing. If you are at that point where you're like, I just can't take another day. I can't do it anymore. Just don't quit, you know, do do something, whatever it takes to get fired. And I mean, don't do any workplace violence. No one's suggesting that. But there, if you're creative, you can come up with something. 201-209-9368. Is there somebody on the line there? Yes, there is. Hey, 201. Hello. Hey, what happened? I heard somebody. 201-209-9368. Aerial view on the air for another, oh, uh... Uh, six minutes, six and a half minutes, and then Martha will be here on WFMU. 201-209-9368, 201-209 WFMU. If you've got a story about uh, quitting in a spectacular fashion. Hello, welcome to the air. Where's Sheldon? You disconnected us. Oh, geez, I'm sorry about that. How are you, Sheldon? Very well, and you? Good, I can't complain. Ever quit a job in spectacular fashion? I did, and I cannot tell you over the airwaves how spectacular it was because it would, it's, it's very, it's, it's not a pretty picture in my uh, illustrious career here. Um, but the next time you and I get together, you will love this story. So. Wow. Okay. Well, thanks it's, for it's that. A te- it's a tease to get you uh, out here to the country. All right. Thanks, Sheldon. I appreciate that. Thanks for teasing well, my ass with a feather. Feels, hey, listen, feels I'll tickle good. your ass with a feather anytime. All we'll right. talk soon. Thank you very much. And as a matter of fact, that's the job you were doing, Sheldon, when you quit, wasn't it? You were tickling asses with feathers, wasn't it? Is no, that no, why no. you? No, it was landscaping, and they oh. bounced a check on me, oh. and I, ha- I, ha- I went out in a blaze of glory, but I cannot tell you the end of this story All right. except in, uh, in private. Look, I will wait to see you, and then I will hear the story and. You know, you'll, I, I, you'll, you'll understand when you hear the story in private. You'll understand why I can't say it over the air. Thanks, Sheldon. Appreciate it. Two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. I wanted to tell you real fast before we run out of time that the New Jersey State Fair is going on right now for another three days. Well, tonight and then Saturday and then Sunday over in Augusta, New Jersey, they uh, got the New Jersey State Fair and the Sussex County Horse and Farm Show going on. This is a big deal. If you're anywhere in the vicinity, you will have a good time down there. They got the rides, they got the food, they got the horses, they got the livestock. It's a genuine country fair because we are the gar- garden state. 
201-209-9368. Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, you obsess. You SO. I'd like to you mother effer. You I wanna thank you, a hole. Steven Slater, the strange case of Steven Slater getting stranger all the time. They just put video up on the interweb of him sliding down the slide. Hello, you're on the air. We're running out of road. Yeah, fashionable uh, quitting the job. Who did what now? Duke do, do. quitting jobs fashionably. Oh yes, please. I would love to hear your story. What's your name? Yeah, my name is Rob. Hey Rob. What's going on, buddy? Uh, just doing a talk yeah. show. What's going on? I was a uh, contractor, you know, I first started getting into the trade of like, you know, like a twenty year old kid trying to make some money, you know, do the right thing. And this guy's like breaking my stones all the time, like, you can't do this, you can't do that. I admit it to him, I'm like, Yeah, I'm not a genius, I'm learning. You know, what's your problem? Yeah. He keeps riding me, he keeps breaking my stones. He had me load all this uh you know, roofing up onto the roof. I go, Hey man, I'm looking at the sky, it's kinda of dark out there. It's gonna rain. Mm. It's not gonna rain. They bring all that stuff up here, and I go, I don't know if you bring all that up here. I can really use it all today. Today, you do it anyway. You get it up here, you do it. I say, blah, blah, blah. I'm breaking my stones. You can't do it. You can't do it. I go, ah, okay. So I take two. And I need one of these shoulders like an animal. I throw them all up there. I'm not a big guy by any means. And I get them up there. What happens? Starts raining. He goes, hey, do me a favor. I go, what? He goes, start taking the shit off the roof. Ah, oh, man, thanks. 201 209 9368. Thanks for nothing. 201 209 WFMU. And uh, I would have loved to hear the rest of that story, but I can imagine what happened. Please, please don't. If you're going to call, keep it clean, would you please? Don't be a moron. All right, that's all I'm asking. It's not a lot to ask, is it? I mean, work is for suckers. Listen, this is strictly nowhere. You've got a lot of sick, old-fashioned ideas about working hard and living clean, and it's all a lot of junk. I'm too tired to listen. Nobody has a right to booze unless he earns the money. I don't want to be a law. You don't work, you don't drink. It ought to be a law. You don't work, you don't drink. Thanks to everybody who took part in this program. Don't forget, Rick Polito is on Facebook and looking for your stories. He's putting together a book about people who have walked off the job in a spectacular fashion. Rick Polito, P-O-L-I-T-O. And you can find me on the web at aerialview.me. you got links to Facebook, to Twitter, email, the whole damn thing. And if you want to email me, it's ct at wfmu.org. ct at wfmu.org. Stay here for Martha up next on WFMU. East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, and WFMU.org. Talk to me like that, boss. 